This is The Guardian. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. They're small, red, chewy, and if you believe what you see on TikTok, Hi everyone. they could be the key to everything from drastic weight loss to better skin, immune health, and basically living your best life. It has suppressed my appetite so much. I have lost, I think, like three pounds this week. Um, Apple cider vinegar gummies have become the latest nutrition craze to rack up millions of views on the platform. And while not everyone is convinced... It's absolutely disgraceful, it's scamming, it's deceiving people, total scam. Behind the hype, there is some interesting science on the health benefits of vinegar. So what does the actual evidence tell us? Are gummies the way forward for supplements? And what do we need to know before we reach for the vinegar, in whatever form? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay, and this is Science Weekly. I particularly like fermented foods in particular, but always, always use vinaigrette dressings as opposed to the creamier ones. So I do, I do like vinegar. Carol Johnston is a professor in the College of Health Solutions at Arizona State University and a registered dietitian who has been studying vinegar for the past 20 years. I asked her how she got interested in this area. Back in the 90s, so quite a few decades ago, my work was focused on trying to develop menu plans for individuals with diabetes, with type 2 diabetes. 
And as you know, they, they can't tolerate a lot of glucose, a lot of sugar, carbohydrate in their diet. And so I, I was studying some of these diets that were popular, such as Atkins and The Zone. And I was having great success with these diets because they are low in carbohydrate. And so clearly, if you don't eat as much carbohydrate, you're not going to get as much glucose in the bloodstream. And that's going to be very helpful for these individuals because it, it allows them to manage their blood glucose but as soon as my participants were finished with the study, they would, they would go back to eating some of these favorite foods like pancakes and syrup and, and these high-carb foods. And I just happened in the back of, of a journal article, I found this reference, and it was a rat study. And it was published in 1988. And it said that it fed these rats high-carb diets, and it gave them vinegar, and it reduced their glucose levels in their bloodstream, much like what I was seeing with these diet interventions. And I, I was like, no way. Are you kidding me? This is too simple. This, you just, you eat the high carbs and you take, you take the vinegar and you get the same response in the bloodstream as you would have if you had reduced the carbohydrates in your diet. And so, you know, by this time it was a uh, 10 years later, you know, it was the late 1990s. And I'm like, okay, who has followed up on this? Because this is, this is pretty interesting. And I did not see any articles in the literature where they had fed vinegar um, to individuals with diabetes to see if it would help them with their blood sugar. So I did it and it worked. And I'm not, I don't want people to think that they can eat whatever they want. They can eat an unhealthy diet and just take vinegar. I, I, I always want to stress, you need to eat the healthiest diet possible. But the vinegar does moderate the amount of glucose that enters the bloodstream after a high carbohydrate meal. So you went on to conduct a number of studies into this. What did you conclude about the best way to incorporate vinegar into our diets in order to get this particular benefit? So I did a series of studies, probably 10 or more, pretty much within the next 10 years, and, and pretty much came up with the prescription that you need one to two tablespoons of vinegar, and it's best to dilute it. In fact, I totally recommend you dilute it in a cup of water and you take it with the meal. And taking it with the meal is very helpful because what the vinegar does, it has a chemical called acetic acid, and it's the only dietary source of acetic acid. So all vinegars contain acetic acid because that defines vinegar. And that acetic acid molecule does wonderful things. If it goes into the small intestine with your food, the theory is that it will block some of that digestion of the starch. And if you block the digestion of the starch, you can't reduce it to the individual glucose molecules and that glucose cannot be absorbed into the bloodstream. And so that's the benefit right there. That's a big advantage to the diabetic even if you do not have diabetes. All individuals want to moderate the glucose surge after a meal. Carol emphasises that anyone with type 2 diabetes who's currently on medication to help manage their blood glucose should not replace their medication with vinegar, and they should speak to a doctor before taking vinegar as a supplement. And for those with type 1 diabetes, studies suggest they shouldn't use vinegar as a supplement whatsoever because of its impact on blood glucose levels. 
so, Carol, as for the other supposed health benefits of vinegar, how strong is the evidence there? What most people look at when they think of vinegar is they think of weight loss. And, and you know, interestingly, the science is very robust with this anti-glucose property. When you get away from from the glucose, the science is not as strong. And so there's some work in animal models showing a reduction in blood pressure. There's some work in both animal and human models showing reductions in blood lipids, but that science is not quite robust yet. And then the science on weight loss is very scant. In fact, there's typically one article people point to for vinegar and weight loss. And, you know, I've been interested in this as well. And I do see a slight decrease in belly fat when we do vinegar work. It's very modest. We're talking maybe a half a centimeter. I do think vinegar will help burn fat because, again, that acetic acid molecule, it converts to acetate once it's in the bloodstream and acetate is involved in fat burning processes. It's involved in cellular metabolism, energy metabolism. And so theoretically, there is a reason why vinegar might reduce body fat. But all the studies, well, there's not very many, There's, there's just a few, but these studies are showing a very modest weight loss. People usually talk about the health benefits of apple cider vinegar, but if acetic acid is in all vinegars, does it actually matter which one you have? Or is there something else in the apple cider vinegar which is potentially good for you? Again, the science is not very robust along these lines. So if you go around the world, uh, there's different vinegars in different areas. So if you go into the Asian countries, they use rice vinegar. If you go into the Mediterranean area, you tend to have the wine vinegars from the grapes. In the U.S., we may we have a lot of apple production here. And so apple cider vinegar is very common in the U.S. And what's interesting here, they all have acetic acid. And so you can have white distilled vinegar and have all these benefits I just described. But outside of the acetic acid, the vinegars sort of retain some of the characteristics of the food they were originally fermented from. There's probably some benefit of having these other products from the original food source. But again, if you want the benefit, you just eat the original food, consume the apples, consume the pomegranates, because those constituents are going to be more concentrated in the original food than in the vinegar. But I do, I do think that there's probably some benefits that we don't know yet about these other constituents. But the science is revolving around acetic acid. The thing people always point to in apple cider vinegar is the mother, which is kind of a cloudy, stringy bit at the bottom of the jar. And this comes from a particular fermentation process. And that's supposedly the key ingredient that makes this vinegar so special. So could that be behind some of these health benefits that we've been talking about? I do think that we always want to have these fermented foods in our diet. We, we always want to eat more fruits and vegetables because they feed the gut and they produce all these great metabolites. But acetic acid is one of those metabolites and you can, you can consume it directly by incorporating vinegar into your, into your diet. So, Carol, 
not everyone likes vinegar as much as you or me. And so something that's becoming increasingly popular are these apple cider vinegar gummies, which kind of hide the taste of the vinegar. And I wonder, have there been any scientific studies looking at the benefits of these kinds of gummies, the the vinegar in this sort of form? I have published on the pills because the gummies are, are rather new. And so I have published work on the pills demonstrating that the pills do not work. You know, these apple cider vinegar pills. And the reason for that is because the amount of acetic acid in the pill is so minute. It's just such a small amount. So most of these pills contain maybe 40 milligrams of acetic acid per pill, whereas the active dose is close to 1,000 milligrams. Acetic acid is very difficult to concentrate because if you if you spill vinegar, it just evaporates. You know, it doesn't leave anything. It, and, and so you can't really concentrate acetic acid. It's a poison too. You don't, you don't want to take a, a concentrated dose of acetic acid. The pills I'm using as my placebo in my studies, I have been almost since the beginning. And this is a great control because those participants think they're getting vinegar. And so telling my participants, okay, you're going to be randomized to either receive liquid vinegar or pill vinegar. And, and my participants are often happy that they've been randomized to the pill group because they say, oh, this is going to be a lot easier to, to ingest than the liquid. And so it's been a great, it's been a great control. These gummies are interesting. And I, we know that gummies are a good way to encapsulate nutrients. And so there are studies that have been conducted like with vitamin D and vitamin C, where they show that the gummy is a good way to incorporate effective ingestion of the nutrient, but there's been no studies on the vinegar yet. It's all based on the acetic acid concentration. So if the acetic acid concentration is still 40 milligrams per tab or per gummy, you're not going to get the effect. But I, I do think maybe science will figure this out. Technology will figure this out and eventually we'll have an effective supplement like a gummy. But to date, nobody's really studied to see if it works. Yeah, because I'm looking at the ingredients list for some of the top brands out there. And I can actually see that per serving size, that's two gummies, there's a thousand milligrams of ACV, apple cider vinegar, which, as you say, only provides 50 milligrams of acetic acid. So bearing all of that in mind... How convinced are you that the gummies might actually have any of the benefits that they often claim? I am a skeptic when it comes to supplements because they, you know, they're not regulated. So we have to be very careful. Um, I was talking with a colleague of mine who works in the probiotic field. And, you know, there's a lot of supplements out right now for probiotics. And he said that a lab actually tested 17 of these tablets and only one contained the organisms. And so th this is a field we have to be very careful with. Um, and and there, are, there are independent agencies which will verify the content. In the US, we have USP verified. And so when I'm talking to large groups of people and recommending supplements, you know, I'll say, look for the USP verified symbol, because then you know you're getting what you're supposed to be getting based on the label. You know, this gummy it's it's a newer it's a newer version and it hasn't no one has tested it yet and so there's probably a need to go out there and determine if the amount of acetic acid is adequate 
um, to have these benefits. And obviously, we're living in an age where sites like TikTok are full of nutritional advice. But as an expert, what do you wish people knew before following that kind of advice that they might see online? I think sort of common sense. <laughs> if it's too, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And coming back to vinegar, how would you recommend that people add this to their diet if they did want to try regulating their blood glucose better? And even, you know, how to actually eat it because I don't want any angry dentists getting in touch with us <laughs> saying we're encouraging people to, you know, drink lots of vinegar and damage their teeth enamel. One way to get around that is if you do do the vinegar drink, like we recommend, drink it through a straw because then it's not washing against your teeth. I had a dental hygienist as a student once and we she did the enamel assessment pre and post. I think we did a four-week vinegar um, feeding. And she did see evidence that there could be some erosion to tooth enamel. And we published that because we, you know, we want people to know that that's a possibility. Well, Carol, it's been absolutely fascinating. And it's been good to debunk some of the things that I've seen online recently. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh, you bet. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks again to Professor Carol Johnston. This episode was executive produced by Ellie Bury. And the sound design was by Joel Cox. See you on Thursday. This is The Guardian. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. A third of students are less than happy about their university choice. New research by EY has revealed... The findings suggest that a digital rethink is essential to meet the expectations of students and staff. Universities can address this by putting the needs of the people they serve at the heart of their digital strategies. Learn more about the future of human-centered higher education at theguardian.com forward slash transforming higher education. This message was paid for by EY.